and welcome to Gifts of the Weird. I am Jan Tier, your host, and today I have with me Rob Lewis, and we are going to talk about online rituals and other online activities for the spiritual realm. Rob is the founder of the Ring of Ghosty, a new pagan church, a former priest and secretary of Andrea Fane, otherwise known as EDF. He's a weaver, a brewer, a roomster, and a number of other wonderful skilled and gifts, as well as being just an all-around fun guy. Welcome, Rob. Thanks for having me, John. Hey, it's great to have you uh, along and being able to talk about something that I know that you have done quite a lot of, which is online rituals and sage sessions and meditations, I'm sure, and other activities to support the spiritual community. So this is really fun to be able to chat with you about this. It's my pleasure. Rob and I have known of and each and known each other for onwards of what, about 14 years, I think, since I joined ADF and we kind of started interacting together. Been quite a while for sure. It has been. And so it's been fun working with you all over all these years and getting to know you a little bit better as we've finally been able to meet in person. So Rob, you are quite the skilled and talented guy. I mean, you're weaving, knitting, you're brewing, and you do runes and sage and so many other wonderful things. How do you find time to just have life? <laughs> What is life? Uh, <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> I find all that stuff fun to do. So I make time for doing that and you know, sleep comes second at times. Yes, uh, I can imagine that because um, you have done a, a number of things, including uh, running a, a local spiritual community, a group there. And um, tell us about the Ring of Ghosty. If well, Ring of Ghosty is a new organization that's uh, literally just been formed this year. My local group, uh, Tear the Cloud Grove, has decided that uh, ADF was no longer really a fit for us. So we are going about and making a new organization. In many respects, it's similar to ADF, but the structure is completely different. And uh, how we're going about things is a lot different from what we were doing in ADF. Cool. It sounds like a, a great opportunity to just get to know people locally and internationally because you are very much into the international and working with other people for spiritual work. And that's really exciting as well. Yes, I've had the opportunity to go over to Germany, I think three times now. Uh, the first time when I when I met you uh, in person, for uh, oddly enough, we had both go to Germany for that. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but that was for Frith Forge for uh, the first international uh, inclusive heathenry conference. Europe has uh, the International Astro uh, Summer Camp every three years. I was fortunate enough to go to that two years ago. And the Eldering, which is a heathen group out of Germany, has an event of their own called Astara, which I was able to go to that last year. And uh, it's been a lot of fun going overseas and meeting a lot of the Europeans, uh, heathens, and working towards inclusive heathenry with all these various people. It has been. It has been. I really enjoyed going to Frith Forge in 2017 and meeting you in person, of course, after years of online and exchanges that way. It's been a great opportunity to see how people in other countries practice their heathen practices and their faith and, and interact with the gods. It was fantastic. So Rob, uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to talk about online ritual. So as many people know, I'm sure everyone knows, we are currently in a worldwide emergency situation, a pandemic uh, surrounded by the coronavirus or COVID-19. And in most places in the world, people are in a kind of a stay-at-home, shelter-in-place type of situation, either 
uh, mandatory or voluntary or strongly encouraged. And if nothing else, we're basically practicing safe distancing from people so that we can just be sure that we don't get each other sick. So what that's done is it's kind of forced a lot of opportunities in the online realm, in the video conferencing, and a lot of business meetings have moved to video conferencing and workshops. And and so we've been doing that with uh, our spiritual practices and seeing a lot of uh, people moving to online socializing, as well as workshops and other types of ways to interact within our within our spiritual communities. And a big one, and you have been doing this for a number of years, possibly. Yeah, it's been two or three years I've been doing this. So this is kind of not old hat, but it's something that you're quite familiar with. So I wanted to talk about online ritual because we have a great opportunity to expand our ritual opportunities for folks who normally wouldn't get an get a chance to to meet with people and have a ritual together. So this is really kind of cool. Yeah, the solitaries, uh, the people that can't get to rituals either because they don't have a local community or because they just physically can't make the same time or whatever reason it is that they can't make the local uh, in-person ritual, they are the reasons why I first started doing online rituals because ritual is beneficial no matter how you do it. Yeah, and you started those, like you started a weekly or a monthly every on a Wednesday night that I participated in a couple of those. Yeah, it was a uh, weekly blessing rite, a very simple ritual to you know honor the gods and get you know whatever blessings they're going to give us. And I had a pretty regular attendance of a few, uh, four or five people every week. Uh, the timing itself was the issue. It seems like no matter what we planned, timing is always kind of an issue for getting large gatherings and groups. People have a lot of busy lives and things like that. So uh, I always look at any anything uh, around five to 10 people as being a very big success. Yes, definitely. Well, let's start with uh, talking about online ritual. And then maybe later we can talk about some of the SAID sessions that you've had. And those experiences, that sounds really exciting to me as a, also a safe worker myself. And just uh, maybe some meditation that you've done uh, along with that lines. But we'll kind of go with some of the opposition to online ritual because there are people who are opposed to it. Yep. And I, I understand that it's not for everybody. And that's fine because who are we to tell people how to do their, their spiritual practice, right? But some of the reasoning for it is kind of uh, interesting to me. And I find that some people have said that they're like very opposed. And sometimes when people talk about online ritual, there are people that feel like they have to jump in and explain exactly why online ritual is wrong and how it can't it can't be effective. So what are your some of your thoughts about uh, that that thought process? Well, there really is nothing that can truly replace in-person uh, contact. There definitely is something about being in ritual with someone else in person, uh, seeing their expressions, hearing their, uh, seeing their whole body, uh, and you know all the visual cues that we get that we don't even realize we're getting, uh, mm-hmm. and just really interacting with the person uh, directly. But apart from that, realistically, my experience has been that you know the energy flows. Uh, they're going to be a little bit different, but you can get used to them and you can work with them. You know, the gods. I don't think the gods. Uh, or spirits or whatever uh, beings you're working with really care how you're worshiping them or making offerings to them. I think really they all care about uh, 
just getting that and being acknowledged. Uh, and they'll take whatever way they can. Probably the best way of looking at that is, you know, look at Odin and how he's portrayed in American Gods uh, and how many modern heathens uh, view Odin. He's very much a greedy, he'll take it however he can get it, uh, deity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. And it is interesting that sometimes a lot of folks will be very on board with doing a simultaneous ritual. For instance, Rob, you're doing a ritual at 3 p.m. where you live, and then I'm two hours behind time zone wise, and I'm going to do a ritual, but it's going to be at the same time. So you're doing it at three, I'm doing it at 1 p.m. And we're doing ritual at the same time and maybe even following the same ritual script or format. And sometimes people don't seem to have a problem with that but they have a problem with an online ritual. So I, I understand, like I said, I understand. And if it's not for you, then that's okay because no one is saying that this is has to be a blanket for everyone or that, as you said, is not going to replace in-person ritual. It's making an opportunity for those who can't be in person to have an opportunity to have a, a ritual experience. Yeah, it's Interesting that you mentioned simultaneous rituals, because really that's what you're doing when you're doing an online ritual. You're all mm -hmm. in different locations. You're all, in this case though, you're all doing the same ritual at the same time and have the ability to interact with each other a little bit. But it's really not, not that different than, you know, you on the West Coast, me on the East Coast doing, you know, the same ritual at the same time and not having that interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Last year I did a simultaneous ritual with folks in the Netherlands who were honoring Nihilenia in, in March around Ostara time. And we did it at the same time as they did. And it was earlier in the morning and man, it was really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we didn't have any video connection to each other, we were doing the same type of ritual. Both of us were on the West coast of our countries on a beach setting and able to have that experience. And it was really a great energetic connection that I thought was present. Yeah, that, that sounds like it was a lot of fun. And that wow. kind of gets to one of the principles of magic, uh, where really, however you set up your sacred space or however you set up where you are, you can put yourself wherever you need to be. And so you can all actually be in the same space, according to you know the theories of magic. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about how what some of the benefits are of an online ritual. Uh, first of all, you mentioned one of the very obvious ones, which is people who don't have an opportunity to ritual with other people can actually participate. And that's a really exciting opportunity, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, the people that I tended to get the, to come to the online rituals I did tended to be the solitaries, either because they were in a location without any kind of local group or their work schedule just did not coincide with whatever the local group was doing. And while they may have done rituals of that format uh, many times in the past, uh, mostly as a solo, uh, it was interesting to see them see how it was done by others and to sh you know kind of share that knowledge. And in many respects, it's like going to a festival for the first time. And you, know, you now see, oh, that, this is how it's done. I thought it was done a different way. And it's not necessarily you're getting a conformity or a consensus of ritual, but you're getting ideas. Exactly. Yeah. My local group, my local kindred here, we had a, we called it a Zoom or not a telecom moot <laughs> where we got online together 
using a web conferencing, uh, video conferencing application. And we were, at first I was just going to have it with just kind of our local folk, sort of like how we have a pub moot where we just kind of open it up and say, hey, whoever is interested in inclusive heathenry, why don't you join us? We'll have a drink together. But since we can't do that in person now, uh, we opened it up. But I invited some folks from outside of the region. And we got some folks from the Orange and Los Angeles counties, from Washington State, and from as far away as Australia. And we talked about online ritual. And then we held a, a, a very brief and meaningful ritual to Iyer, goddess of healing, to ask for her blessings and then kind of send her some energy and strength as she deals with COVID and uh, the other things going around that are affecting other people. And I got a message from someone later who said, that was the first time I've ever ritualed with other people. That really made me feel good. And it should. And that really is the benefit of doing the online rituals. Yeah. Yeah, this person is doesn't have anyone around them that they can work with, apparently. And having a small group of folks in a safe setting, this person knows me from conversations. Well, I mean, we haven't met in person, but uh, we've discussed things over the internet and we've exchanged emails and messages and stuff and had a good time doing that. But it really made me feel good to know that, that someone had such a great positive experience doing the ritual. That's That's a big plus for online rituals. Yeah. And you know, another benefit is for people that are just not physically able. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that their rituals have to be outdoors and not necessarily in a handicap accessible location, which hopefully that kind of thought actually starts to disappear uh, just in general. But for those that can't physically make it somewhere, either you know they have a handicap that don't, won't allow them into that site or they don't have transportation or whatever it may be, online rituals just makes rituals accessible. It does, definitely. Plus, the, uh, the, the great opportunity it was for me to have someone or have a couple of folks from Australia join us. That was really cool as well to share in that experience, that exchange and experience as we were doing the ritual and the conversation uh, as well. Yeah. Now, there is one small downside of doing online rituals because you have to have an internet connection to be able to do it. But I have actually had mm -hmm. someone attend one of my rituals before on a cell phone at McDonald's using McDonald's Wi-Fi. And I there we go. thought that was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a McRitual yeah. for that person. You get everything at McDonald's, right? <laughs> Apparently. Well, so that's really cool that, that ritual can become very accessible to so many people in many ways. And and of course, it's not the only way to ritual because, you know, going, doing things in person is, is extremely awesome and beneficial and a great way to connect in person with others, as you mentioned earlier, and really great opportunity. So Rob, let's talk about how one can make their ritual experience, their online ritual experience, even uh, more meaningful or, or seem more like a ritual because sometimes we're wearing special ritual clothing. Some of us have horns or special uh, drinking vessels, or, or maybe there's a fire going. Any other number of things that kind of bring together, kind of set a mood and, a, and an ambiance about ritual. You know what I mean, right? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So Sometimes when you're thinking about, okay, so I'm, I have a desk in front of me, I have a keyboard, I have computer screens and a microphone and a, and a camera. So here we're doing an online ritual and that's a whole different setting. So I have some ideas and we can talk about some ideas on how we can uh, encourage people to, as best as they're able to, 
make that setting a little bit more ritual-like. Does that sound like a plan? Yes, but first we really need to talk about the technology behind it because okay. if you don't have a stable technology to use, uh, and one that people can get to easily, it's going to fail. And there are so many different technologies out there. My personal preference is to use Zoom just because of the ease of use, but there's all kinds, Skype, GoToMeeting, WebEx. There's a new one that just came out in the past few months uh, that starts with J. I can't remember what the name of it is offhand. There are all kinds of technology out there. You need to first get familiar with the technology on your end so that you can do a video conference. You know what your camera is going to see, what your microphone can pick up, and once you're used to all of that, you can then start laying out how you're going to actually physically set up the ritual. Yeah, and many of those applications that you mentioned will have a way, either a free account version or they will have a way for people who don't have an account to be able to call in and still utilize the technology. Yes, usually at worst, uh, one person will need to have a paid account. One person generally, yes. For instance, Zoom, there's limitations on the free version of the account. If you can stay within those limitations, then you wouldn't need to pay for the account necessarily. But right, the, whoever's leading the ritual should do that. But uh, for those who are just calling in or being a participant, a lot of them can just either call in on a phone and listen, yep. or like you said, uh, know, know the parameters, know what their camera is seeing <laughs> uh, yeah, in case you don't want. That, that's one thing everyone's learning very quickly about video conferencing and working from home is if you're in a video conference, make sure you're wearing pants if you want to stand up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that... Don't take your device to the restroom when you go because you will invariably forget to turn the picture, the video conference part off. <laughs> yeah. These are all little things that... Yeah, you know, when you have video conferences at work, you don't think about it because the rooms are already set up and you're not mm -hmm. likely to be leaving and you are you know, perfectly dressed for that. Yeah. But at home, that's a completely different thing. So since you mentioned that, let's let's talk about that. As far as getting dressed, that's one of the things that I think is a way to kind of get a person settled in the mood of ritual is even though you're doing a video conference or even if your camera is completely turned off the whole time is... If you normally feel like wearing ritual clothing or special clothing for a ritual, wear it while you're doing an online ritual, because why not? Yes. Yes. Whatever you uh, trigger you to go into that ritual state, be it the clothing, candles, fires, incense, even you know, some light background music, uh, whatever it may be, that kind of stuff will definitely help you get into the mood of ritual. And you know, as long as it's not audible, it really does not matter one bit if anyone else uh, can see it. Uh, but it's all about yeah. you and getting yourself into that, uh, you know, that mindset. Exactly. So uh, that's one of the things that I encourage people when I, when they ask me about online ritual and when they've talked, when we, when we talked about it uh, last week at our, at our telecom moot is that uh, set a ritual space before you. So like I said, I have a, a little desk area here and it may not be advantageous for everyone sitting in a McDonald's to do a little uh, ritual uh, altar setup, but uh, one could do this on a piece of paper, create an altar. But I, I, I suggest that if you're in your home, the comfort of your home, first of all, separate yourself from distractions. Close a door, go into a quiet room. If there's other people in the house, let them know that you're going to be doing something that requires some 
some privacy, some quiet so that they won't come knocking in, knocking on the door, traipsing back and forth while you're trying to um, be in a meditative state and connecting to the gods and goddesses, but uh, so that you can try to set that experience up for yourself more than anything, but also to just kind of create that sacred space and also to uh, not multitask while you're doing ritual. Yes. Unfortunately, if you're the one that's actually leading the ritual, you will have to multitask a little bit. Well, that's always true. Uh, a, a leader of a ritual. So I'm not talking about the leader of ritual, uh, about the attendees is to not multitask. Don't be checking your Facebook or your Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I recommend just don't have any of those things going at the same time so that you, so that you can focus on receiving the ritual aspect of it. Right. And on the participants end of things, you know, try to, well, as a leader, try to get out there how this physical ritual setup is going to be in advance and make suggestions as to what kind of things the participants should have with them. And then as participants, think of what do I need to do ritual? Do I need a fire? Do I need a well? Do I need a tree? Do I need a drink? Do I need offerings? And have that stuff handy uh, when you sit down to do the ritual. Absolutely. And I can tell you it's uh, embarrassing when, as the ritual leader, you realize you forgot an offering and have to get up in the middle, <laughs> go grab it from elsewhere in the house and come back. Yes. It's embarrassing when it happens in physical rituals as well. <laughs> yes. But yeah, those are all great things to have. And when a person is, is facilitating or leading a ritual, those are good things to say. These are a basic list of items that if uh, people can have them available in whatever form they have. They may not be exactly the same. Someone may have a plastic cup instead of a horn, and that's okay. Someone may have a may not have a statue of a particular god or a goddess, but they can find a picture and print it out or write it out, write the, the name out on a piece of paper and have it in front of them. Or if someone is dialing in from, say, McDonald's, and they know ahead of time that that's what they're going to do or from some other location where they have access to Wi-Fi. Um, one could take a piece of paper if they can and just draw the elements out on there and visualize them while they are doing the ritual because it's not advantageous perhaps to draw, draw bring all of that stuff into a library uh, as you're doing all of that or wherever else. But um, I think those would be great ways to have that. A candle can uh, represent a fire or those really cool LED looking f uh, lights that look like fires. Yep. Uh, those are the coolest things. Yeah. And another way, if you really just can't get your hands on anything at the time, there's nothing wrong with you know, visualizing yourself making these offerings and seeing these things as you're hearing them coming across from the video conference. Because that's that's a big part of the participation. And, and that's why it's important to not multitask while participating in ritual with everyone else. Yes, very much so. So those are some ways that I thought were really great ways to try to connect more with ritual online, especially as we're probably going to see more people doing that. And more facilitators, uh, this is for you now, is it will get easier the more you do them. Wouldn't you say, Rob? Yes, very much so. Uh, after doing the online rituals for uh, maybe two or three months, I pretty much got it down to how I had to get everything set up, as long as the cat did not chew the USB cable to kill my microphone. Uh, <laughs> that was interesting. Or knock the, or knock the camera over. Or, yeah, <laughs> knock the camera over. over. Uh, but what I found on the facilitator side was having two computers made the life of uh, running the ritual so much easier. 
I would have one that would be doing the actual broadcast. So the camera would be far away. It could then capture the entire altar in front of me, capture me sitting, you know, the microphone could hear me just fine and all that. And that gave the other participants a uh, good experience about what was happening on my end. But then mm -hmm. having a second computer, right, handy. So if I had to make changes to settings or something, or if someone spoke up in chat, there were a few times where people just couldn't speak for some reason. Uh, like, you know, you know, they're in McDonald's. Uh, you might not want to be saying hail uh, whoever in the middle of the McDonald's. They could use the chat features and say the same things. There you go. Absolutely. And for a tech person such as yourself, those, those are things you probably readily have on hand. <laughs> yes. In my case, I actually have a nice setup where my TV is attached to the computer. And I just threw a camera and microphone onto that and yeah. had my laptop over on the couch with me. Yeah, and that, uh, you brought up another good point is a lot of these web conferencing features will have a, a way to, to have a chat feature as well. So that um, if one is in a, a setting or a situation where vocalizing certain aspects might be not advantageous, then the, the participating by the chat feature is also very good. Now, the only other thing that I've really learned from doing all this is once you get it all set up and you start, whoever's facilitating, you're really constrained to not move. And that takes a little bit of getting used to, especially when you're used to standing up, walking around, having free movement of your arms. It's a minor difference, but you eventually get used to it. We'll get used to it. So tell us about doing a Sade session because Sade is a, a lot different than just ritual. It's far more interactive and intimate with the the Sade Kona or the Sade Mother who is uh, on the stand. And uh, you've led a couple of those online. Would you be interested in sharing a little bit about that experience with oh, us? Oh, sure. My Sade training was through Diana Paxson. I've taken what she's taught me, and after talking to many other SAFE workers, probably most influential on being Patty the File, changed my style up a little bit to work for me uh, and whatever paradigm I was, I'm working in at that moment. Mm -hmm. uh, when I first had the idea of doing an online SAFE, because a lot of people don't get a chance to do any kind of work like this, my first thought was, is this going to work? I've done some <laughs> online rituals at that point, but is this going to work? Yeah. And I, I threw it out there and there were a lot of naysayers saying, no, this is not going to work. And oddly enough, the people that were naysayers were not people that have done save in the past. All the ones that have done save were like, it should work. Uh, go for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know from doing in-person saves, you very much feed off of the energy of the person asking the question and the people around you that are participating in the ritual. And my fear going in was, I'm not going to have that. Mm -hmm. For surprisingly to me, at least the first time it was surprisingly to me, it the energy I was getting back, it was there, but it was different. I can't say that you know the amount of energy that I had coming towards me was anywhere near what I was used to getting. But you know, there was enough that it could keep on feeding me and I could keep on going and finding those answers. It was definitely a very interesting experience the very first time I did that. Mm -hmm. uh, then I can't remember whether it was the second or third time I did it. Uh, someone from Sweden uh, came in and they also were a safe worker. And throughout the ritual, they were concentrating on sending energy my way. Yeah, you know, we're 6,000 miles apart, maybe. Uh, I don't know how far away in Sweden he was, but I could feel him sending that at me. Uh, I didn't know at the time what it was, but after the ritual, uh, we talked about uh, the things. And it's like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. Of course, though, with doing safe, 
you have to worry about, uh, you know, people's emotional state after the ritual. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the changes I've made to how I do the save work helps uh, minimize the, uh, for lack of a better term, emotional trauma that some people suffer. You know, as someone that's, you know, worked saves as as a spotter or as a seer, you need to take care of the, the people that are at the save and make sure that they are okay. Yeah, make sure that when they leave, they're the same person or better uh, as when they came into the ritual. You know, we don't want to do any harm, obviously. So why I've told people before doing the save is, you should have someone else physically around, not necessarily at the ritual, but physically around to take care of you after the fact, if something does happen like that. Yeah, at least to check in, right? right. And on my end, I took the same advice. And I had someone sitting there with me who acted as my MC, but she was also there to make sure that I didn't get into trouble. The great opportunity to, to share says because as with online ritual, uh, many who may not have be able to experience a, a SAIDS session or, or ask a question of a, a person being a, a, in a SAIDS, uh, this is another great opportunity to do that as well. Yeah. yeah. And the same kind of advice would go, you know, for setting up for a SAIDS uh, participant is, you know, not multitask. As you said, make sure that someone can check in, maybe have some water or chocolate or something that kind of help a person ground and, and come back to centering yep. and whatever it takes to get into that kind of a mode if it's a special type of clothing or a special mood setting things you know you want to have a little candle or some sort of incense or something going on then that's a good opportunity as well to include those things yeah for me it involves things like you know having that head covering and you know a specific charm to bring me down uh, into that trance state right right well that's really exciting and what a what a what a great uh, that must have been <laughs> really cool after the first time you did it and everything happened and you're kind of like, wow, how did that feel? Yeah. It was, yeah. As I was eating dinner with my, uh, with my, uh, guardian there, uh, it was the excitement started really building up. It's like, we just did this. This worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That's really cool. Very cool. Indeed. Well, um, let's see. I'm not sure that there's anything else to talk about online ritual because well, there's meditation and meditation would kind of be the same way. You just really would want to be sure that there's at least someone that could kind of check in towards the proposed ending of the session just to make sure that, that um, whoever's attending is, is okay. Whoever's facilitating again, like you said, uh, have a person there just to kind of check in. That's always good. And to have those elements around to help bring a person back to the place where they, they know well. Right. And there are, We've been doing this remote meditation thing for probably decades now. Uh, we've got meditations on tape, on CD, on you know Apple, iTunes, on Google uh, Music. You know, it's you can find it everywhere. And I was kind of surprised to see my mother talk uh, over the weekend that her uh, uh, aerobics instructor has ends up her uh, her uh, training sessions with a meditation. And she's been doing that on YouTube now. Uh, so mm-hmm. we've been doing this remote meditation thing for, for ages now. Yeah, we have. Really, the only difference is if you're doing it through some kind of conferencing service, is is a little more shared. And it can be, you can talk afterwards about, well, did you see this? Or did you do that? Or whatever it may be, as you're doing a group meditation or really a group trance journey. Yeah. And I, I would just kind of maybe perhaps precaution not to for folks not to go into any really seriously deep deep work this way just because it's it, it is good to have 
somebody around who can help work through that, bring, make sure a person comes back to their, their, the spot that they're, that they're safe and, and comfortable. Right. So yeah, I have a CD I love to use for journey work, which is just Native American drumming. And it actually says right on the CD, big letters, do not play while driving, <laughs> which I found funny at first until I listened to the CD. Uh, uh-huh. But the CD also has you know a callback at the end. So that can bring you back out. This is really an abrupt change in uh, the drumming. Right. Yeah. So good to pay attention to those things. Well, so that just shows us that uh, this is a great opportunity, isn't it, Rob, uh, to interact with more people, to interact with people at a distance. And during this time when we're uh, staying at home and and doing our part to uh, stay healthy and safe, that we can still interact with other people. This is a great opportunity, a great, great technology that, that we can utilize to still be in touch with each other, still have that spiritual connection. Yeah, very much so. And considering how many uh, Christian-based ads I received on Facebook in the last two days advertising this, this seems to be the way everyone is currently going, at least for the short term. Yeah. So I encourage folks to, if there's not someone that you're already connected to that is setting up a online ritual or an online connection, it doesn't have to be ritual. It can just be connecting with other people like we would going out and having a meal together or sharing a walk or something like that. But this way we can we can do it online and, and have, a, have a good opportunity to talk and get to know people in a different way and to connect uh, over the oceans or the miles, the mountains, however it takes, or across the street <laughs> because your friend might be just down the block that we still are able to connect with um, via this this format. So, well, Rob, thanks for joining us and talking about Online Ritual. And um uh, what else is going on in, in the in the realm of, of Rob? <laughs> I For me, it's just getting used to this new life of working at home and uh, having, you know, three cats around me all day, wondering why am I home? Yes. <laughs> I think our cats are wondering the same thing. They're like, we're not used to people around all the time. What's going on here? It's kind of throwing them off. We know how cats like to supervise and make sure that everything is in order. Yes. And I have to say, it's been interesting of... A friend of mine has started, jokingly started, the Great COVID Bake Off in the fashion of the uh, Great British Bake Off. It's been fun participating in the challenges when I have the flour and whatever ingredients it may be uh, for the challenge. That sounds like a good fun. I'll probably gain 20 pounds by the end of this. Yeah, we'll have to walk it off at some point. Rob, thanks for joining me and talking about online rituals and other online activities for our spiritual practices. All right, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please leave positive comments on iTunes and other podcast distributors. This helps others to find the podcast. Please send feedback and ideas to giftsoftheweird at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at WeirdGifts, Facebook at Gifts of the Weird, and on Instagram at WeirdGifts1. Check out the show notes for links. Thank you, and hail the gods. Take it back Wish that we could start again Was it wrong to love so fast When all it cost me was a friend They say pride goes before the fall Broken hearts upon my wall Reap the crops that I have sown Nothing but regrets to call my own